This podcast is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Marketing Matters on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Marketing Matters here on Business Radio, Sirius XM 111. I'm Barbara Kahn. I'm the J.H. Baker Professor of Marketing. And as usual, I'm here with my co-host, the Whitney M. Young Jr. Professor of Marketing and the brand identity theorist, Americus Reed. It's a pleasure to be here, Barbara. This is a big week. Yeah, Because, of course, this is a Super Bowl it's week. It's Eagles. It's Eagles. <laughs> We're here in Philadelphia. We are basking in reflective glory of yeah. our glorious Eagles. Did you see the map of the United States? I saw this map of yes. the United States. It's all three, <laughs> yes. except for Dallas Ex- and yes. D.C. Yes. and New yes. England. And New England. That's right. This is our chance to uh, dethrone Mr. Brady, and so it's going to be a pretty exciting And week. also, did you see all the Minnesotian businesses are worried about Eagle fans? Yes, they should be. <laughs> we are a rough bunch, and when we get excited and we're ready to uh, really support our team and look out, I can tell you that. Yeah, it's it's going to be pretty be fantastic. <laughs> yeah, so Super Bowl means not only football. Yep. Advertisements. Right. Yes. It's the Super it's, uh, Bowl of marketing. The Super Bowl of marketing, as it were. And this is sort of like 10 times. It's like ads on steroids. It's like, you know, you have to really like raise the bar. You and wonder why anybody invests in Super Bowl ads anymore, you know? Yeah, we'll Everybody's talk about that. Everybody's drunk, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Especially Eagles fans, yes. right? <laughs> yeah, they're drunk and fighting <laughs> each other. Who's no. paying attention to the ads? Yeah, that's right. That's but right. anyway. Anyway. Yeah. Marketing Matters airs live Wednesday, every Wednesday from 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern Time. And we, we play many times during the week. And today, we have a great show lined up for you. At 5 o'clock, we have Karen Garrett. She's the Global Retail Industry Director at Microsoft. And she's going to talk to us about her experience at NRF at 2018. That's Retail's Big Show in New York. And she's going to talk particularly about the future of retail technology. So if you're interested in that uh, that area, please call in with your questions. And then at 5.30, we have Rob Norman. He's the Group M Senior Advisor, and he recently joined PlayBuzz's Board of Directors. PlayBuzz is an interactive storytelling platform that's backed by some big companies that you might recognize, like, say, Disney. And Rob mm. is a digital pioneer, so we'll hear why he joined the board and what he thinks this kind of tech means for marketing and advertising. And then at 6 o'clock, we have Ron Torosian, mm-hmm. who's the president and CEO of 5WPR, which is one of the 20 largest independently owned PR agencies. Oh. And he'll be here with us to talk about the role of PR in marketing. Interesting. And then at 6.30, America's... Yes, what will you be talking about at 6.30, Barbara? What are you going to be, what are you gonna be quarterbacking talk- at 6.30? <laughs> We want to talk about Super Bowl yeah, ads, but Super we Bowl would ads. like you to be talking about yeah. Super Bowl ads. Tell us what you think about what should be advertised on the Super Bowl, right. what's going to be advertised on the Super Bowl. Right. Do you actually watch the ads? <laughs> um, call in cool and tell stuff. us, because yeah. this is your chance to talk about Super Bowl ads, and you know you want to. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. This is good stuff. Good stuff. All right. So All right. we clearly have a packed show tonight. So with that, let's just jump right in and bring on our first guest. Karen, welcome to the show. Hello. Hi, Barbara. Hi, Americas. How are you? Uh, hi, Karen. Your voice is fantastic. Yeah, you should be on radio. <laughs> uh, yeah, totally. I, I have to get Maybe much more regal now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Let I'm, me sit up I'm in my chair. I'm just listening in interest as you talk about the Super Bowl because it's totally alien to me. I just don't get it. <laughs> you don't get football, you don't get advertising. <laughs> oh, you see, but football soccer for me, isn't it? Oh, <laughs> the real football. Uh-oh. Yes. 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 <laughs> 
Well, you, you have seen what Americans do with the Super Bowl, right? Yeah. Yes. Oh, indeed. I've lived in the U.S. now for four years. Oh, nice, four nice. years, that's not enough. <laughs> <laughs> then you don't get the Eagles, by the way. Oh, the Eagles. Yes, yes, yes. Football can be crazy times. But welcome to the program, Kim. Thank yeah. you. Okay, so we're really interested. First of all, tell us, you've only been here for four years. How long have you been at Microsoft? So I've been at Microsoft for about seven years, mm-hmm. um, but I've been kind of in and around retail technology for the best part of 20 years. Oh. Um, so, yes, I've, um, it's kind of all I've ever done and all I've ever known. So what do you mean by technology and what exactly, before we get into the nitty-gritty of mm-hmm. it, what does it mean? So, I mean, I think um, when I look at retail technology and, and my role at Microsoft, it um, involves kind of understanding the industry and the challenges that the industry has and helping to translate those challenges for our customers into solutions that will help them compete in today's landscape and really working in partnership with our engineering teams and other industry colleagues to make sure that those solutions are relevant. So so what what do you mean like in-store technology you mean analytics you I mean Yes all of the above you know so really taking the Microsoft platforms and Microsoft solutions to deliver um in many cases you know kind of end user productivity you know in some simple ways point of sale or um BI and analytics that will help retailers understand you know what to forecast where and when so you know from one end of the scale to the other i think when we talk about technology and we talk about retail and microsoft in the same sentence people start to think about office and word mm-hmm. and you know mm-hmm. we are very much focused on the retail industry and providing you know bespoke and specific solutions for that so your customer is the the business, the retailer, not the it end is, user. Yes, yeah. Oh, interesting, interesting. So, like, because I was thinking when you're talking about retail tech and all this other stuff, of course, Amazon always comes up. <laughs> and you whispered uh, it so eloquently. <laughs> that's like, yeah, <laughs> it's like you know we have to be careful. We don't know. Alexa might be <laughs> might listening. Be here, right? Yes, exactly. Alexa. Even so, though she I mean, lost her voice. But you're really not competing yeah. with Amazon in that sense. Probably. I mean, Mm. maybe AWS or Marketplace, but not really then. Mm. I mean, it's super interesting when you think about Amazon and, you know, the fact that they are a retailer, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and we are very focused on kind of working with our customers and not competing with them. Um, You know, and there are two sides to to Amazon. Clearly, you know, there are there is their tech side and their retail side. So, So, no, not really an answer to your question. Not really a competitor with Amazon. Mm-hmm. Because not when we think about retail technology. So can you tell us, like, you said you've been in this for a really long time. I mean, has, it, has the industry been accelerating now? Are there rapid changes now? Or it's always been happening and it's just people are paying attention now? Oh, good heavens. Um, and I think, you know, it's a totally fascinating time to be in retail at the moment. Um, you know, I'm of the view that we've seen more change in the last five years than probably the previous 50. Oh. And the consumer is driving that. You know, their expectations are much higher than they've ever been before. Um, the last best experience they had with a retailer sets their benchmark for every other experience. And retailers really need to be fast and agile to adapt to the changes. So um, one of the big changes, one of the mega changes, and you're way more expert on this than I am, so I'm really curious in your point of view on this, but one of the big things that we're seeing across retailers is this notion of omni-channel. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you're working with real retailers now, and I'm just curious, while you're on the ground, how many are truly omni-channel? Hmm. Um, I, I, I think it depends on how one looks at the term omni-channel. Okay. And if you think about it as availability of a retailer's brand across multiple channels, 
or you think about Omnichannel as a, a truly connected technology experience. Oh, That's yeah. the way I'd like to think about it, that the data yeah. is smooth, seamless across and one experience over the other. Because I think that's the way the consumers think it happens. It is. Hmm. It is. And, and retailers are, um, you know, some of them are surviving and, and being, you know, true omni-channel um, leaders, sometimes in spite of and not because of their technology. They're working very hard with middleware and they're working very hard to connect systems together. You know, some who have, especially startups, who made the decision to, um, you know, go across multiple channels from day one have very often invested in solutions that are just connected. Yeah, there. Um, yeah, that's different if you started. There. Yeah, right. Yeah. But, but I assume but, a lot of your clients are the big dinosaurs, no? That they certainly have some um, historical and some legacy software, that's for sure. Well played, Karen, um, well played. <laughs> but I, I also think that technology is helping now to um, enable retailers to be much more agile than they were when they think about, how do I connect my online channel to my bricks and mortar channel to my mobile app and we see um, many more of our customers using the computing capacity that the cloud gives them to enable that to happen in a much more streamlined way than it ever could before so much easier now to send data up to the cloud to get the answer back and to merge and um, collect data across multiple channels in that way but in order to do that, you either have to have, I think, you either have to have in-store technology set up, and maybe you have to have both, and you have to have the consumer on their mobile phone or something or logged into an app in order to have all that happen in real time in the physical store. Is that true? or? It's, um, it's a, mi a mix of those things. So, so there are things that you can do now with um, things like um, in-store lighting, so we have oh. um, some work that we've been doing with a partner of ours um, who called Venia, who actually use the store's LED lighting, which pulses at a frequency that your eyes can't see, but your phone can. So provided your phone is switched on, it can actually, and location tracking is, is available, it can actually find the consumer in the store. Through the lights? Uh, okay. Yeah. Well, All right, lights. Karen, now, now you, you, you have me terrified now. I just have to be honest here. I'm checking the lights in the studio yeah, as we speak. Really what's <laughs> I'm to us. getting nervous. And, and, you know, that whole kind wow. of big brother is watching me thing is obviously something that, you know, is, is very prevalent now for retailers and they have to be kind of super cautious of how they use consumers' data, you know, making sure that that data is secure for their consumers, their consumers are opting in and choosing how where, and when that data is used. So wait, the, uh, light can, <laughs> the light can find the consumer, but can they connect the, that, that consumer to their online behavior? So basically, what it, it will track the consumer around the store. The oh, consumer wow. is logged into the app, and then they can actually, you know, shop on the app move their phone towards the items that they're interested but in. That, the but that's what I up. thought. Okay, yeah. one second. That's what I thought. The consumer has to be logged into the app. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. yes. All right. Oh, there's so, not some crazy thing happening. No. There, <laughs> yes. No, but so you do. So just for those of you who are out there, privacy, <laughs> you have to be logged into the app for that seamless connection yes. between Correct. online behavior. Yes. Yeah, I mean, so you're talking about, what you're talking about with the lights is like, you know, substitute maybe for beacons or something yeah. like right, that. Right, right. Yeah. And, and consumers are proactively opting in to do this. So it's not like, they well, are. if they've read the, yeah. the, the fine print, I mean, they yeah. understand what's going on here. And they want to do it, to your point, Karen, because they are, they're doing stuff on the phone. It's a, it's a, it's a, 
it's a nice little life hack that they have to be able to yeah. kind of use the and, phone and in that way. Exactly. And, and you know, and more and more retailers will say to us, well, I have a mobile app and people download it and they use it once and they don't use it mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. And it's creating that value exchange with the consumer that's key. You know, why do consumers come back and use an app time and time again? Because it's engaging and there's something in it for them. Well, you know, like I have studied Amazon, Amazon on this a couple of <laughs> times. And I do think I've been to Amazon Bookstore and I've, I've looked at the Amazon Go, which just opened. I'm sure you're oh. aware of all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but one of the ways Amazon makes you or gets you to log into the Amazon app in the Amazon Bookstore, and I wonder if your, your clients do this as well, is that you can't see the price of the book unless you're oh, in the wow. app. So they yeah. and if you go into Amazon Go, you can't do all that stuff walk around and pick things up without paying unless you're in the Amazon app. So they kind of have a very big incentive. You basically can't shop in their stores mm-hmm. if you don't use the app. How is that going with other kinds of retailers? Are mm. they doing the same kind of thing or not? I don't think they are to quite such um a, a drastic end of the spectrum. Um you know because clearly We would like to think that this is about choice for the consumer Mm -hmm. and the thing that works best for the consumer. You know, whenever, I mean, even if you think about the Amazon Go experience, no doubt that technology is working, you know, very efficiently, but it really is um, ultimately about expediting the customer journey. Um, and, and finding ways to allow consumers to engage with a customer on their terms. And that might be through an app, but, you know, in other circumstances it might not be. So I think choice is really critical. What are the um, other circumstances that don't involve an app? Um, in terms of engaging with a, uh, a retailer? Yeah. You know, that's this whole thing about kind of am I in person, am I in store, um, you know, how does my um, experiences that I have or my preferences that I have online transfer to my in-store experience. But there is no getting away from the fact that the retailer must be able to identify that the customer right. is in the store mm-hmm. in order to make that transfer of experiences. And, you know, and Amazon have taken that very extreme approach that, well, you have to log into the app, and that's the only way that can happen. And, and you know, who knows? Maybe we will see that become more mainstream over time. Yeah, or maybe the one of the problems I think is if everybody, every store has a different app, mm. that's a problem. You know, yeah. so right, right. right. Yeah. So yeah, I, I was thinking there might universal. Yeah, there might be like a mall of apps, you know, on instant or something like that. Is there any talk about that? So like you could just log into one app and that'll take you into any store you want to go instead of having to at, log into individual store apps? I mean, and there's a whole slew of privacy problems and questions about that. But we do see that um, in some of the large malls in the Middle East, for example, where there is a loyalty app that goes across uh-huh. all of the stores inside the mall. But, you know, you've got kind of this need for who who owns the customer and, you know, some of the challenges around that. So that's not, not happening technology, in technology. The... That's the problem. What you just described, that makes perfect sense to me. But that's not having, happening in the U.S. yet, at least with your clients. Not that I have seen as far as I'm aware now. So once you get, let's just say we're logged into the app and our and everything's perfect and we're like a really good retailer who's got their act totally together, which I think is a lot of ifs. But let's just say that does happen. Um, so what does the artificial intelligence or machine learning? What do they do? What what can they do for me? Is it all about price promotion or what else? Hmm. Um, I mean, artificial intelligence is one of those phrases where people immediately think about minority report. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and really, artificial intelligence is just about using data to make decisions faster, 
and smarter and surface those decisions up to wherever the right place is. And that, that might be to the store associate, that might be to the consumer. And it could be, you know, upsell, cross-sell type opportunities. You know, sometimes it's a matter for a retailer of using artificial intelligence to know what to buy. Um, how to um, place purchase orders, you know, who's the right supplier to buy from, what's the right range to take to a particular store. So it's just that kind of additional layer of data understanding that machine learning and artificial intelligence can give. And there's a lot of very practical uses for it now. So, I mean, uh, a a naysayer could say, you know what, I know how to shop. I don't need any <laughs> artificial intelligent person, you know, or machine or Alexa or whatever um, <laughs> helping me shop. What What are you really offering? And is it, is it true that in some product categories it's more important than others? Mm. I think um, one of the things that we see more so um, when we look at things like personalization are certainly in luxury goods, um, you know, the consumer wants to feel the store associates understands them knows their likes and preferences you know and in some circumstances we, we showcased Dolce & Gabbana this year at NRF who were using um, you know a customer relationship management app to really understand who their customer is in some circumstances you know to create a dressing room for them before they oh, um, arrive that at the store. Nice. That's pretty so fantastic. That kind of <laughs> yeah. thing is, you know, real added value. It's not it's not just about, you know, customers who bought X or so bought Y. Oh, that would be great. So you come to the store and this luxury, all these clothes that are picked out for me and my size and I just go in and I kinda of try them yeah. on. That's yep. lovely. I like that. <laughs> okay. Sounds like you're about to sign up, <laughs> yeah. Barbara. Uh, that kind of yeah. works for me. Okay, okay. We have a fan, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> We're talking to Karen Garrett. She's the Global Retail Industry Director at Microsoft Business Solutions, and she's talking about the store of the future. And what, so was that, and you, you set this up, I guess, at the NRF Big Show. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. So was that, that was basically your exhibit, that, you know, that what you can do in these luxury stores? Is that what you were showcasing at so that we show? Had, um, I mean, we use our customers to showcase our innovation. Um, and so we had about 20 examples um, oh, wow. on our booth um, at NRF. We have, if not the largest booth um, on the show floor, one of the largest booths. You are Microsoft. Um, <laughs> I'm okay with that. Yeah, they do things <laughs> big. Yes. We had it set up as a kind of a little mini Times Square and all of our customers showcasing their technologies. So that was one example. We had um, Lowe's with their um, Lowbot that they use. Lowe's is really innovative, aren't they? I mean, I've heard a lot about Lowe's. Yes. And they work very closely with us. Um, You know, they're using HoloLens to Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. allow customers to look at virtual reality kitchens. And they're also using the Lowbot, which um, basically patrols the um, stores and uses um, machine learning. It uses artificial intelligence. It uses data to understand where inventory is misplaced or missing. And obviously then, um, you know, the merchandisers in the store are able to very quickly react to out of stocks. Wow, that's, that's great. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So who else were in Times Square, Microsoft's Times Square? <laughs> um, so um, another example, um, we had Kroger. Um, oh, so Kroger, Kroger is a, yeah. that's a, let me just, in case people don't realize that Kroger is uh-huh. like the number two retailer in the world, Walmart's 
first, and Kroger's then Kroger, isn't two? it? It's oh, number two. It's huge. But oh. people don't really think about Kroger. Yeah. Like, America's is looking at me <laughs> like I'm crazy, but I'm not. <laughs> I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. So, um, like, it's very interesting to hear what mm-hmm. Kroger's doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and people know Kroger by their brands. So, in the Pacific Northwest, where I live, um, it's Fred Mayer and, and mm. um, QFC, and they have brands right throughout the U.S., but yet you're right, number two. Um, and they um, are using this idea of intelligent shells. So um, shells with, um, you know, I don't know, but a three-inch um, fascia on, which is able to display um, images that are offering product information, advertising, um, all sitting there at the point of purchase. So they were um, showcasing those with us as well. And kind of all of these customers are all using our cloud technologies in order to um, provide these solutions to both their customers and in some circumstances their suppliers. So you're pretty close to Kroger's. You probably don't want to answer this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. <laughs> so people are looking in grocery. I just went to a panel last night, actually, where people were wondering, you know, what's Amazon going to do to disrupt grocery? And mm-hmm. so there's a lot of talk about what Amazon's doing with Whole Foods and Amazon Go and all and, and online shopping. And then, of course, Walmart buying Jet.com and they're in grocery. And then there's even Target. But there really isn't that much discussion about Kroger's strategy. And Kroger's is really where most people do go to shop. So do you have a sense of how Kroger fits into this puzzle and what's happening in the grocery industry? I mean, obviously, it's very hard for me to to comment on Kroger very specifically. Um, But, you know, clearly um, there is disruption in the grocery industry. Um, You know, and I think we will um, see that as one of the areas where kind of most innovation is coming forward because it's very immediate and, you know, there's this whole kind of idea about is the bricks and mortar store experience dead? Right. And, you know, and I've long puzzled about, you know, what, when do people shop? How do they shop? Why do they shop? And this balance between instant and enough. You know, if I need, as we would say in England, a pint of milk, I think you say a, gal- a gallon of milk. <laughs> you know, I if, say if a if glass need... of milk. I don't much like milk. <laughs> <laughs> and if I need a pint of milk, you know, I need one now. And, and you know, even with expedited shipment and the talk of drones bringing things to your home, I need to go to the store to get that. Um, so when we talk to grocers, one of the things that they're optimizing for is assortments in stores, making sure that the things that people are going to need and want and go to their stores for are there when they need them. You know, so a supply chain, you know, it's not a terribly sexy conversation, right. but it's critically important. Incredible. Right. And Kroger's way ahead of Amazon, and that has to be. They've been in the business forever, and Amazon just got, yeah. Yeah. And food is very, very tricky. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, people under, because it's not the sexy conversation, I think people are interested in the drones and in the dressing room, but (laughs) really a lot of what's happening is in the delivery of food to the shelves and making sure those shelves are not stocked out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely, Mm -hmm. because we know when um, a consumer is in the physical store, you know, the propensity for them to buy is so much higher than when they're sitting at home contemplating. You know, they're there, they're there in front of it, and then, you know, they'll react to whatever they see when they can physically touch, feel, etc. So having, you know, and this is one of the areas that we see artificial intelligence very much helping with retailers when they're looking at the inventory that they place on the shelves and what's going to sell, what's not going to sell, especially when they're looking at, you know, new ranges and, um, you know, merchandising for new seasons, etc. And so what is your assessment on how close we are to true virtual reality? Is the technology there? 
I think the technology is there. And, and again, I think it depends whether we're talking about augmented reality, virtual reality, you know, with headset, without headset. Um, you know, the, the challenge whenever we're looking at, you know, virtual reality when one is wearing a headset is exactly that. It will involve some kind of device. The technology is absolutely there. But for it to become mainstream, you know, the consumers have to get comfortable with the idea of donning some kind of headset. Yeah. And so, I mean, I know we have neuroscientists here at, at Wharton where we're trying to do all sorts of things with neuroscience. And mm-hmm. he's saying a lot, I mean, fMRI and those kind of stuff. That's not what you're talking about, I know. But his point is until we can get it really cheap and portable, it's kind of hard to make it yeah. usable. It, it is. It's true. And, you know, again, at NRF, we had an example from, um, you know, one of our partners who was using virtual reality headsets to showcase Um, the environment in which an item would be used. So I don't know if you're wearing a swimsuit, it will show it to you on the beach. Um, You know, so that kind of thing is very accessible for people, but still, you know, does require you to um, wear some kind of headgear. And is it very expensive now for retailers to put that into their stores? It's not, um, you know, and the the prices of some of the, you know, the more mainstream virtual reality headsets certainly are coming down. Um, but it's just the physical aspects, I think, that are oh. slowing down the, the process. What about like smart mirrors and smart boards mm-hmm. and things mm-hmm. like that? Do you guys do that? We do, yes. Um, and we have, you know, a number of examples where we've, um, you know, we, we had um, a showcase um, a couple of years ago in Bloomingdale's with, with one of our partners for, you know, um, I try on my glasses. What does it look like on me? I want to look at another pair, you know, that kind of magic mirror scenario. So, yes. I think it's one of those ones in a very similar way. It's, um, it was very popular and there were lots of examples. Um, Rebecca Minkoff showed it probably right. three years ago. It, it, for, for, you know, reasons that the consumer will probably only explain, it never <laughs> really ever got the traction that we expected it to get. And part of the reasons I understand with that, so you're talking a, a, a lot about what you can do for the consumer, but it mm-hmm. also does help the retailer collect data, and presumably for some of these other back office things, that's pretty useful too. Of course, you know, because the more the retailer can understand about the behavior of their customers in store, you know, the more likely they are to be able to provide them with the right offers at the right time. And, you know, and we talked before about the physical side of things. Have I got the right inventory in my store and is it what my customers want to buy? So, yes, that kind of data collection thing is key for them. And the last point, we only have another minute, I suppose, but one of the things that we see that Amazon's clearly doing is driving the price down on everything. Um, And so will all of this technology help make uh, these retailers more profitable? Hmm. Gosh. Yeah. I think if we look at, you know, that, that particular segment, which is grocery, you know, the margins are, are very, very difficult in that particular segment. So, you know, we see um, some of the big box stores, you know, struggling with um, store closings, etc. So I'm not sure necessarily whether it's a, a straight reflection to bottom line profits, but I think what it does is it gives them a little bit of wiggle room around their margin. Mm. Wow, that's pretty interesting. Karen Garrett, uh, who's the Global Retail Industry Director of Microsoft Business Solutions, thank you so much for coming on our show tonight. Thank you both very much, and have a great show. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure to have you. And if you want to learn more about Karen, you can go to Microsoft.com, or better yet, follow her on Twitter at KGarrett. 
Up next, Rob Norman of Group M and PlayBuzz will be discussing Lots brands. of cool stuff, brands, <laughs> all kinds of interesting things, and uh, I think it's going to be a pretty fantastic conversation. Yeah, yeah, I'm hoping for that. Yeah. You're listening to Marketing <laughs> Matters, and this is Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School on Sirius XM 111. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.